to be with you today. Um, it still astounds me and amazes me, all this technology thing, because right now I am on stage at our church, Genesis Church, uh, here on Long Island. Geography-wise, we're about an hour outside of New York City. But it is amazing to me that somehow I can be talking to you this morning, wherever you are, thousands of miles away. And, but the great part of this morning is this. No matter what you are going through, no matter what is happening, here's what I can guarantee you. Despite the fact the preacher is thousands of miles away, God is right there with you. And God today knows exactly what it is that you need to hear this morning. He knows exactly what you are going through. So I just want to pray real quick and just pray that this morning that God would speak to you into any situation that you are going through, that God would help you this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We thank you that despite the miles between us that are separating us today, that you are here, that you are in the midst, that you are here in New York, that you are there in Milton Keynes, and you know exactly what we each need to hear from you today. So speak to us, we ask. Say what it is you want to say. Help us to hear what it is exactly we need to hear. And we just thank you for what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So despite the accent that you can hear right now, which is a little strange, I understand completely, I was, of course, not born on this side of the Atlantic. I was born on your side of the Atlantic. I was born in Durham, okay? When I was four, my parents moved um, up to the northeast of Scotland to a tiny village there. It may be tiny. It is world famous as the birthplace of your own Billy Ritchie, of course. So that is where we met him. And then when I was um, 21, I moved over here to the States. My parents had moved here a couple of years before. And so I moved over here to join them. And so that means this. It means I've kind of spent half my life almost in both sides of the Atlantic. It also means I kind of look on myself as dual citizenship at this point, dual nationality. It means that every single morning, I pretty much start my day by reading a British newspaper, online of course. I have friends, I have family on Facebook, so I kind of know what's going on on both sides of the pond. And here's what I have picked up on in the past year. Despite the fact that both our countries kind of started the past year, last March, in a similar track when it comes to lockdowns and things like that, they kind of started to veer dramatically in two different directions about last summer. And over here in the States, pretty much everything opened up again with restrictions, masks, uh, social distancing, and things like that. We actually were allowed to open churches last July. I know you're just getting back to that. And here's the big difference, of course. We can actually sing in church. Uh, you guys will get there soon, I know. But there are some differences. In fact, a few months ago, my husband and I decided that we wanted to go um, to the cinema. So we went to our local multiplex, and it was one of the multiplexes around here, which is usually completely crowded at all times. You have to book seats well in advance. It, it gets really, really, really busy over there. And we walked in, and we opened the door, and it was absolutely astonishing 
Because when we opened the door, there was literally a handful of people who were there and some staff. In fact, I thought to myself, it was kind of like a Christian's worst nightmare. You know the one where you're somewhere and you realize that everybody else has been raptured and you've been left behind? It was kind of like that. There was nobody there. And then we went to the actual theater where the film was showing that we were going to see, and there were about 10 people in this theater that usually would seat hundreds and hundreds of people. See, here's the thing. We can open everything up on this side of the Atlantic, but we have something that you have, and re- basically what, something that has plagued the whole world for the past 12 months. And that is, there are a lot of scared people. People have fear. And you may be living with it, and we've all lived with it throughout the past year. There's been a fear of catching COVID. There's been a fear of, if you catch it, what's going to happen? A fear of a loved one catching COVID. A fear of the economic fallout from all the lockdowns and everything that has happened if you're a small business owner or you work for a company that is just not as busy anymore. Or there's the fear that we all have as to, is this our new normal? Is this how we're going to live for the rest of our lives? Fear has been something that has plagued us. But here's the thing when it comes to fear. It is not something that was a new invention as of 12 months ago. Fear is something actually that a lot of us live with on and off throughout our lives. And today I wanted to talk about fear. And I wanted to look in the Bible at a group of people who went through an absolutely terrifying situation. Because the thing is this, the Bible actually has a lot to say about fear. The Bible tells us over and over and over again not to be afraid. Because God knows that when we're afraid, when we're fearful, we're not actually living up to our full potential. We can be prisoners to fear. We can be held back from how God wants us to live because we are afraid of whatever it is that we're going through. We can be people who don't do the things that God is calling us to do because we are afraid to step out and to step forward and to do that. So I wanted to look today at a story in the book of Exodus. Of course, a really, really well-known story there in Exodus. So a little backstory, which I don't have time to completely go into, so maybe you could go check it out if you wanted to. The Israelites had been uh, slaves in Egypt for years and years and years and years. And Moses came, and he convinced Pharaoh with a lot of give and take, and Pharaoh changing his mind many, many times over. He convinced Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, to free them, to let them be become free people, and he led them out of the country of Egypt there. And our story picks up when they have left Egypt, and they are traveling together. They are being led there by Moses, and they're heading out. And I can just imagine how excited they must have been. They have been slaves for years and years. A lot of them, that's all they ever knew. And here they are setting out on this journey Yes, walking, whatever it is, marching, however it was. I am sure they were absolutely elated. In fact, what I think back to is probably, you know, if you can remember far enough back, do you remember when we used to take holidays? Those don't happen on this side of the uh, world at this point either. But do you remember how you feel when you're going on holiday? You know you're going somewhere really good and you're excited about it. 
a few years ago, I went on a really great holiday I was blessed with. And I don't really like to travel by plane. I don't love plane travel. So I knew that this particular journey was going to be an 11-hour journey. So it was 11 hours on the plane. I was okay with that because here's the thing. At the end of that 11 hours, I knew what was waiting for me was Hawaii. I am sure these people were really excited because no matter what this journey was going to be like, they knew at the end of it was freedom, was a new life, was a new land. There were exciting things that were coming up. So here they are five days into this journey, and then all of a sudden, it all stops short. Because all of a sudden, five days into this journey, they find themselves at a dead end. Right there in front of them, they find the Red Sea. Either side of them, they find mountain ranges. And I'm sure at that point, Moses was going, oh no, what have I done? I've led all of these people, and somehow, despite the fact that God is giving me their directions, I've managed to get everybody lost. But I'm sure he thought to himself, you know what, it's okay. We'll just turn around, we'll back up a little bit, and obviously at some point when God told me to turn right, I went left, so I'll just fix that, and we'll keep going on our way. The problem being that they turned around, and what they found was that Pharaoh and his army had changed their minds, and Pharaoh had set out, and he was coming to get them. And it does not take much to realize at that exact point what the Israelites would have been feeling. Red Sea in front, mountains either side, a murderous army behind them. I'm sure at that point they were afraid. Just like some of us lived through the past year or have lived through in the past. They were terrified at that point. And today I just want to quickly look at what are three things we can pull from this story that maybe can help us when it comes to being afraid. What can we learn when we are experiencing fear? So in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, it says this, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. The first thing that I say that we can learn from this story, the first thing that we can learn to do when we are afraid is this, let go. Let go of that fear. Believe it or not, do not be afraid is used hundreds of times in the Bible because God knows that it's one of our biggest issues. In truth, fear is one of the devil's most used weapons in his arsenal. And what God is saying to these people here, and what God is saying to us today, if we are living in fear, is this. It's time to let go. No matter what you are going through in life, it's time to give it all to me. So how do we let go of fear? There's really only one way to let go of fear, and this, that's this. is to recognize and remind yourself that despite what you think, God is the one in control. That's the only way that you ever truly will let go. If we go back to our story, here's the thing. Chapter, uh, chapter 14 and verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal-Zephon. See, here's the thing. Moses may have been leading the way, but actually God was giving him the directions. 
which means one thing and one thing only. When they hit that dead end with nowhere to go, nowhere to turn to, God knew exactly where they were. He had them in the exact spot that he wanted them to be in. It's not like God had got distracted by match of the day and all of a sudden said, oops, I forgot to tell them to turn around back there. He knew exactly where it was that he wanted them to be. See, this was no tactical error by God. He knew what he was doing. And what we need to remember is sometimes God sets you up for a miracle by pushing you into a situation where in our eyes there may absolutely be no answer to it. Because here's the thing. If this thing that is causing me fear, if this problem that I'm facing, if what I am going through is something that I can fix by myself, I don't need God. When I get to the end of the possible when it comes to what I can do, exactly at that line, the next step, I'm in the impossible. And guess what? Impossible is where God starts. Impossible is where God can step in. Impossible is where God can show you, okay, I can do the work now. If we always have problems that we can take care of ourselves, we don't need God for that. But when we step out and we get to the point where there's nothing else we can do, where it may seem like there is no human answer to this, God says, okay, now can I do my work? Is it okay if I step in now? This is exactly what I can do. And so we let go of fear because we trust that God is there for ourselves. We remind ourselves that God has led us to where we are. We remind ourselves that God knows exactly the situation we are facing. We remind ourselves that we are never alone and that the safest place for us to be is the center of God's will. God never makes an error. He places us in things for a reason. So let go. Number two thing is this, reading on in our story, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Over and over again in the Bible, it says this, be still, be quiet, stand still, watch me. And the second part of what I would say is the thing that's going to help us when it comes to fear, look up. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I'm facing a fearful situation or an impossible situation, my inclination is basically to run from place to place trying to find an answer. Kind of running around like a headless chicken, trying this, trying that. Is that going to work? Is that going to go? And God says, no, stand still. This is actually one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Part of me worries that one day when I pass from this life, it will be said on my tombstone, here lies Charlotte Pendleton. 
if only she had listened to Exodus 14, 14. Because we get ourselves worked up. We get ourselves in a tizzy. We are running all over the place. But here's the thing. When you are running all over the place, you are not able to look in the one direction where you are going to see the answer to your problems. Because if I'm running all over the place, I'm not able to look up. When you have a problem, what do we need to do? Look up. Relax. Calm down. Here are the Israelites. Mountains on two sides. Israel, uh, Egyptian army behind them. Red Sea in front of them. They look all around them. All they can see is problems. But here's the thing. When they look up, guess what they can see? The problem solver. When they look up, they are able to see the one who has all the answers. When we look up, we start to loosen up. We start to relax. We become calmer. Look up. There's an old hymn that we used to sing, of course, uh, a while ago. And it says this, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Why? Because the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious grace. Here's the thing, when we're looking up at God, everything else fades away because not, we're not looking at our issues, we're not looking at our problems, we're looking at him. Look up. Thirdly, let's keep going on our story. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. See, here's the Israelites, absolutely terrified. But my guess is that actually that wasn't the scariest thing that day. God, of course, opened a path through the Red Sea. My guess is the scariest thing they did that day was actually the first step that they took onto the seabed of the Red Sea. Think about it. You are walking through Either side of you, there is a wall of water. You are wondering, is that going to come down on me? In fact, I have this thought in my head. I love aquariums, okay? I don't know what the sea life is like in the Red Sea, but like, were there like sharks and things either side just eyeing them and there's no glass? I don't know, but I can just imagine how terrifying that must be. But to get through their fear to get to the answer to what their problem was, it meant they had to take a step. And the third thing that you need to do when you are afraid is launch out. There's a time to be still. There's a time to be in prayer. There's a time to believe and expect. There's a time to sit and wait. There's a time to stand firm in expectation. But there is also a time to go for it. Faith is a verb. It's not passive, it's active. It's an action. It's moving, it's stepping out, it's launching out, it's forging ahead. You know the old saying, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And this morning, what I encourage you in is this. If you are facing fear, if you are paralyzed by fear, if fear is holding you prisoner, maybe it's time for you to step out, to launch out, to get to the next place. I know a woman, and she was living a pretty good life. 
All was going pretty good for her. She was married. She had a little boy. She uh, had a job she loved. She had a house that they had bought. And everything was going really well. And then one day, her husband announced that he didn't want to be married anymore. And he left. And she faced an extremely scary situation. She was terrified. She now had to face single parenthood. She now had to take care of a house by herself. She now had to make the decisions when it came to her family. There were financial issues that she had to sort out. She was scared. And this morning, that might be you. You might be sitting here or sitting wherever you're listening to me today, and you might be afraid. It may be that you've got a bad report from the doctor. It may be that the past year of all this pandemic has really just worn you down and is taking you down, and you can't get past the fear that you have. It may be that you don't want to go to bed tonight because you're not sure tomorrow morning whether you're still going to have a job once you get there. It may be that your relationships have become extremely frayed over the past year, and things are kind of just holding on by a thread. Here's what I want to encourage you this morning. Three steps. Let go. Realize exactly where you are is exactly where God has put you. And if you're at the end of your rope and have no other answers to what's happening, that's good. Because guess what? That's where God starts. And he can and he will. Look up. Take your eyes off the problems that are all around you and put your eyes on the problem solver. Say, God, you know what? I don't have an answer for anything that is happening. But you know what? This morning I am trusting and praying because I know you do. And thirdly, launch out. It may be that God is calling you to do something that is scarier than the thing that you're sitting in right now. And you may be comfortable living in fear. But God knows that if you push through, if you take one more scary step, what he has in store for you and what he has planned for you is way better than you could even ask or imagine. And if you do that, you will start to loosen the chains when it comes to fear. You'll start to see how God can move. The woman I talked to about a couple of minutes ago, whose husband left, was of course me. And so this morning, I'm not really talking to you as somebody who's just a preacher saying words. I'm talking to you as somebody who has lived through it. And here's what I can tell you. 14 years later, I can tell you that God has done amazing things in my life, more than I could even imagine. There have been scary parts. There have been parts where, yeah, I've had to step out and do things that I never imagined I would have to do, but I have never, ever, ever done any of them alone. And that's what I can guarantee you this morning. Whatever you are facing, whatever you are going through, whatever is weighing you down right now, give it to God, look to God, and then step out in faith because he has some incredible things lined up for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you that you don't want us to be a prisoner of fear. We thank you that you are the God of the miraculous. And despite the fact that we may be facing some things this morning that we have no idea how we're going to get through them. We thank you that you are there for us and that you have some answers lined up for us that we are going to be blown away by. That you are a faithful God who will never leave us alone. You are a God who has our lives planned out for us. 
And we just ask today that you would just help us to step out, to give it to you, and to keep looking up. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.